Hello, everyone. Wow, good morning. Morning. My name is Sam. <laughs> okay, you know that's not true. My real name is Feng Yu, and my wife is Feng Zhou. We have joined Great Church、uh, since last December, and I'm here to be a pastor intern. Today is my first time to、uh, deliver a sermon in a local church in English. And、uh, this、uh, makes me remember seven years ago when I first came to the States. At that time, my spoken English was not that fluent. But now I'm here not only to speak in English, but also to preach God's words in English. And I take this as God's wonderful work in me and through me. And、uh, I give all glory to our Heavenly Father first. Praise Him. So before pandemic, I watched the movie 1917. The movie tells the story of a local war between、uh, Britain and Germany in the First World War. In the beginning of the movie, two British soldiers received a special mission to deliver a message to the、uh, British commander in the front line to stop him from giving a full-scale attack order. Because their German enemy has set up a trap for them to fall in, so the two soldiers' mission was very important. It's going to save all those other soldiers' lives. And after several hours traveling, one of the soldiers successfully made his way to the front line, to the trench in the front line. But because the commander's office located at the end of the trench, and there were full of British soldiers in the trench, so which made the soldier move very slowly in the trench to the office. And as he was trying to make his way to the office, the commander gave his order、uh, of full-scale attack. Right afterwards, all the soldiers in the trench came out and started charging. And the, the soldier wants to、uh, get to the office to the commander as soon as possible. So he also came out from the trench, so that he could run in the field directly to the office. And he's running this way. All those other soldiers、uh, charge this way, and he was almost hit down by those other soldiers who were charging forward. And in this scene, I saw the clearness and the firmness about. Uh, uh, of the soldier about his mission, because he knew that his mission was not like other soldiers, like charging forward, but to deliver a message, and his message was so important. It's going to save all those other soldiers' lives, and this soldier、um, reminds me of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was on earth, he was also very clear and firm about his mission. Though sometimes Jesus need to perform some miracle to heal physical sickness, but healing physical sickness was not Jesus' ultimate mission on earth. His ultimate mission was to save men from the origin of all sicknesses, both physical and spiritual, and that origin is sin. Today we are going to see Luke chapter five, verse twelve to sixteen. May God use this passage to help us focus on Jesus' ultimate mission on earth again, 
that we may be influenced by it more deeply and hold our major mission today clearly and firmly. I will read this passage in Chinese first and then in English. Please listen to God's word. Luja 又要为你得了捷径，照摩西所吩咐的献上礼物，对众人做证据。但耶稣的名声越发传扬出去，有极多的人聚集来听到，也指望医治他们的病。耶稣却退到旷野去祷告。Look, chapter five, verse twelve. While he was in wild cities, there came a man full of leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for proof to them. But now immoral reports about him went abroad, and great Crowns gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Please join me in a prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, us this time to worship you together. May your Holy Spirit work among us so that your word may build up our faith. All glory be to our Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. So in the beginning of the test, it said that while Jesus was in one of the cities, before we go to explore the story, we need to have some background knowledge from the context first. Jesus started his earthly ministry for some time at this point, and his fame has spread out to many places. Where Jesus goes, there will be a crowd of people following him. In chapter 4, verse 4, 14 to 15, it said that, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And in chapter 4, verse 32, it said that, They were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in chapter 5, when Peter said to Jesus, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Jesus told him, Do not be afraid. Uh, from now on, you will be catching men. According to all these descriptions, we can imagine that when people talking about Jesus at that time, they might say this, Oh, Jesus, he's very special. He's not like Pharisees, because in his teaching, there is authority, and he has the power to heal and to exorcise demons. What's more important is that he does not despise sinners, but care for them. Therefore, under this report, there were a lot of people, especially people who were poor, sick, 
despised and outcast. They love to see Jesus, listen to his teaching, and seek help from him. This time, and this time, there came a man full of leprosy. In biblical times, leprosy was a collective term for a series of skin diseases. Some kind of leprosy can be healed. Some other kinds cannot be healed. In the worst case, it can disfigure a man or even kill a man, and it is contagious. In the ancient world, there, the only way to deal with leprosy was quarantine. Just like when COVID first hit the world, there was no other way to deal with it except quarantine. And in Leviticus thirteen forty-six, uh, says something about leprosy that he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So, if a man has leprosy in Israel at that time, he is regarded as unclean. He needs to be separated from the community. He cannot work to provide for himself, which means he can only rely on donations, either by family members or by some kind people. So lepers suffer both physically and spiritually. In this passage, the man came to Jesus was described as full of leprosy. We can tell that this is a desperate man. Where can this desperate man find his hope? After briefly introducing the man, Luke immediately tells us that this desperate man saw Jesus. This desperate man saw Jesus. What a beautiful picture! A desperate man saw his hope, saw his savior. Can you imagine the desire to be healed in the man's eyes when he saw Jesus? And the man, as he saw Jesus, he immediately fell upon his face and begged him, "Lord, if you will, you can make me clean." From the leper's action and words, we could see several further important things about him. First, the leper falling on his face and calling Jesus Lord tells us that he humbled himself before Jesus, and he had a right knowledge about Jesus' true identity, for he called him Lord. Second, he fully trusted that Jesus had the ability to heal him, and at last, his deepest desire was not only to be healed from leprosy, but To be clean, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And once again, we see that leprosy brought not only physical pain to this man, but also spiritual pain, making him desiring for cleanliness. And then the most surprising scene happened in this story: Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Just now, I have given some background knowledge about leprosy. It's contagious. It's unclean. So in Israel, no one would get close to a leper, let alone touch him. Let,、uh, but Jesus here not only came close to him, but also touched him. I don't know for how long the leper had not been contacted so closely, treated so friendly by people because of his leprosy. Every person he met before has some concern about his leprosy, 
and dare not to have close contact with him. But Jesus touched him without any concern. Here we see Jesus' deep love for him. He could just speak to heal the man, but he didn't. He touched him first and then spoke to him, saying, I will be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him. A miracle happened. The man was healed. We saw God's mercy and power through Jesus Christ in this miracle. And with other gospel accounts, we know that Jesus' true identity is the Son of God. That's why when Jesus touched the man, he did not become unclean, but the man became clean after Jesus touched and spoke to him. There is life and power in the Son of God. When the leper put his trust in Jesus, he received healing from God. What a beautiful story of God's mercy and power shown in his Son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for his mercy. And now we come to the second part of this passage, Jesus' ultimate mission on earth. After Jesus healed the leper in verse 14, he charged him to tell no one, but to go and show himself to the priest and make offering for his cleansing, as Moses commanded for proof to them. Here we can easily understand why Jesus asked him to show himself to the priest and make offering for his cleansing, because this will help him to be re-accepted by the community. Once the priest proclaiming his cleansing in public, he can get back to normal life. But what seems difficult for us is why Jesus asked him to tell no one. And in verse 15 to 16, when even more of the reports about Jesus went abroad, he would withdraw himself to desolate places and pray. It seems that Jesus was unwilling to help those people in need. Why? Is it not good that a desperate man to be healed from leprosy? According to our human perspective, we love to see more of this kind of miracle happen. We love to see more lepers and people with other infirmities being healed and get back to normal life. If Jesus, you really care about those in suffering and you have the power to heal, why would you withdraw yourself from those needs? In fact, similar things also happened in other places of the Gospel accounts. In the Gospel of John, after Jesus fed 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two fish, people were trying to make him their king. But Jesus withdrew to the mountain by himself. According to our human understanding, at that time, Israel was under the oppression of Roman Empire. And they are God's chosen people. They should be liberated from this oppression. And Jesus, if you really care about God's people, and if you are the Son of God, then free God's people from this bondage, just like Moses did in history for Israel people. Why would you withdraw yourself from people's needs? And today, many people who don't believe Jesus also have the similar question that if Jesus, you are really the Son of God, and you really care about the world, 
Why don't you just end all sufferings and evils in this world? Haven't you seen that there are so many sufferings and evils in this world? Do you really care about us? Or are you really the Son of God? Or even do you really exist? So through these questions, we see that people's unbelief starts from their unmet needs, then goes to doubt about God's character, and then doubts about God himself, even the existence of God. But they don't ask the question, why? Why are there so many sufferings and evils in this world? What is the root cause for those sufferings and evils? The Bible tells us that the root cause for those sufferings and evils in this world is sin, sin committed by man. In the book of Genesis, we saw that our ancestors, Adam and Eve, committed the first sin, which we call the original sin. And all people live under the influence of the original sin. As it is said in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. And we were reminded by John two weeks ago that we are not only influenced by Adam's sin, but also we have our own sin in our lives. We human beings are sinful before God. And sin causes all the sufferings and evils in this world. In other words, it is because our human sin, there are so many sufferings and evils in this world. So we cannot blame God for those problems. We cannot say, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then you are responsible to solve all these problems in this world. Jesus is not responsible for any suffering or evil in this world. But we human beings, we are responsible for them because of our sin. And we need to know that one of the most terrible influence sin brings to us is to make us self-centered. Which means we take everything else for the purpose to serve us. Even God is to serve us. In that way, self-centeredness makes us crooked and blind to the truth. Therefore, we cannot think in the right way. We cannot make right judgment about ourselves, about the world, about God. And what's more is that sin also brings separation between us and God. Just now we saw that because of the uncleanness of the leprosy, the leper needed to be separated from the community life. But do we know that in God's eyes, the most unclean thing is not leprosy, it's sin. Because God is holy and righteous. So if the problem of sin is not solved, People are living under God's holy rest and are separated from God. And this separation is more severe than what the leper experienced. Though the leper was quarantined to a desolate places, place, there are still mercies shown to him, by, either by family members or some kind people. But for those who are separated from God and have no way to be reconciled with God in this life, there will be no mercy upon them at all after this life. The only thing they got is eternal punishment in suffering. After we really understand this, we can come back to Jesus' response to human needs and his ultimate mission on earth. 
Jesus came to the world not merely to meet people's physical needs, but to solve the problem of sin, the root problem of everything else, including our suffering and our evils. So neither healing people from physical sickness nor freeing people from political oppression was Jesus' ultimate mission on earth. And Jesus, like the British soldier, he knew his ultimate mission so clearly and he hold it, held it so firmly, he would not allow anything else to stop him from his mission or to make anyone else, anyone to misunderstand about his mission. Because he is the only way through whom man can be reconciled with God. Just as Jesus himself said that, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if people have a wrong view about Jesus, let's say only take him as a man who can heal sickness or perform miracles for their benefit, then they will miss the point about Jesus' ultimate mission. In that way, they are in a greater danger to lose their only salvation from God. That's why in the gospel accounts, sometimes we see Jesus withdraw himself from human needs. And in order to save sinners like us from God's holy rest, Jesus went to the cross for us. As many of us may know that the cross was the cruelest punishment in the Roman Empire at that time. It was used on those most wicked criminals, such as robbers and murderers. Usually the criminal who is sentenced to be crucified is strongly despised because of his guilt. And the criminal will suffer tremendous physical pain on the cross before death as a punishment for his guilt. But when Jesus was sentenced to be crucified, the Roman government said that, I find no guilt in him. So here, the cruelest punishment for most wicked criminals was used on a totally innocent man. Why? Why this innocent Jesus was put to death on the cross? The answer is that on the cross, Jesus undertook our sins and received God's holy rest against sin so that sinners like you and I could be forgiven by God, could be reconciled with God. And one more thing we need to know is that what made Jesus suffer most on the cross was not his physical pain. Though it's very painful, but it is his separation from God. Just as he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In order to save sinners like you and me from God's holy rest, Jesus undertook our sins on the cross. And that made him the object heated by God and separated from God. That's what made Jesus suffer most, and that is for our reconciliation with God. So here we could see that on the cross, Jesus suffered both physically and spiritually to be a substitute for our sins to save us from God's rest. And that's the love Jesus showed to all sinners like you and me. Therefore, after we have seen the problem of sin, Jesus' suffering on the cross, and Jesus' love for sinners, 
We could understand better why Jesus' ultimate mission was so important, and why he must concentrate himself on it. It is for our salvation. And today, as we see Jesus withdraw himself from human needs in these passages, what are we going to say? I think that we will say, "Oh Jesus, your decision was the wisest decision. Your determination for your mission was the greatest determination in this world." We praise you for your sacrificial love shown to us on the cross. Your cross is God's grace and glory. We will hold it and proclaim it to the end of the earth and to the end of our time on this earth. Amen. At last, let's spend some time to apply what we have learned from this test to our lives. I have three points in the following. First, the most miserable thing for man is separation from God eternally. The most miserable thing for man is separation from God eternally. As we have talked about, that leprosy makes one separated from community life, makes one's life miserable. But sin makes one separated from God, and it's one sin. If one sin is not forgiven by God in this life, he will suffer eternally, and that is the most miserable thing. With this perspective, we have the true insights about people's eternal welfare and destiny. We are grateful that we have been saved by God through His Son Jesus Christ, and we also deeply care about those who have not heard about the gospel and put their trust in Jesus yet. And those people are just living around us in our community. We need to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, so that they may repent from their sin, put their trust in Jesus, and reconcile with God. That's why. We are so grateful for all of you, Grace Church of Clarksburg, because of your support for us to do church planting here, because of your care for those Chinese people in this community who don't know God and who are in danger of eternal separation from God. Thank you. Second, our God is a merciful and gracious God, so we can always come to Him for help. In the story about, we see God's mercy and power towards men through Jesus Christ. In God, there is mercy for those who seek Him humbly, and especially for those who has been forgiven of their sins, because they have become children of God. And we have assurance about God's love for us, for He had already shown His love to us in His Son Jesus Christ on the cross. Though we have talked about Jesus' ultimate mission on earth, which was to solve the spiritual problem of God's holy wrath against sin, it does not mean God does not care about our physical needs. Quite the opposite, He really cares about our physical needs. We can know this from Jesus' resurrection. After Jesus died on the cross. God raised him from death three days later, and God gave him a new resurrected body, which He is also going to give all those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. If God does not care about our physical needs, why He would give the resurrected bodies to us, which are totally from sin, from death, and from all sickness? 
That does not make sense. And the scripture also tells us our Lord Jesus Christ, who is in heaven now, to be our heavenly high priest. So we can always come to him in faith anytime we have needs. So brothers and sisters, let's go to Jesus for help today. Humble ourselves before him just like the leper. And bring our burden, anxieties, and fears to him. And we will receive his mercy, experience his power, and see his glory as the Son of God. Finally, as church, we should hold firm to our major mission today. Just as Jesus was so firm about his mission, the church today should also hold firm about our mission from God, and that is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like Jesus met with a lot of human needs, today we are also surrounded by a lot of human needs. But we need to understand that the deepest need for human beings is their spiritual need to be saved from sin and death, to be reconciled with God. And only the gospel of Jesus Christ can save people from sin and death, can bring reconciliation between sinners and God. Therefore, church, let's hold fast to our major mission, Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to ourselves every day and to the world. Don't be distracted by any other secondary issues. And put Jesus Christ and his gospel in the center of all our ministries. May all glory be to our God, his Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you Give this... Uh, Give us this time together to listen to your word. And uh, I pray that you use this word to bless our lives and uh, to help us to concentrate on your mission and to proclaim the gospel to the end of the earth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.